<laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio. We back yet again, another week of me drinking water. My co-host, Tony's co-host, water. And I know Slarita, one of my patron saints, he's like, man, Tony talking about water every episode reminds me of him playing that Isley Brothers song every time we do movie night. He's just sick of it. Well, you know what? Slarita's always sick of everything. But he better not be sick of this water. Water is life. Y'all be eating foods out here that's making you dehydrated. Sucking up the moisture out your body, man. Is that what you want? Replenish yourself. Replenish yourself. Get that water in your system, man. Water is vital, man. It's your baby. It's your baby, man. What's up, Bobby DeBarge in here? Get that water in your life. You need it. You got to hold it. You got to cherish it. You got to take it in. And don't be forcing yourself either. Don't be giving me that bullshit. You better drink the goddamn water. You better drink it. Because if we was in the book of Eli times, Mad Max... You be covered in that water. Be like, oh, we, we need the water. Oh, oh, the water. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh, you see, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Let water leave you. Then you're going to see. Then you're going to be longing for it. You're going to be fighting for it. You're going to be killing for it. Respect it now while it's here and it's plentiful for you. Because a lot of people on this planet don't have that luxury. They out here, man, looking for the fresh water, man. Be grateful. Take it in. Cherish it every day. Tell water what's up, man. Give it gratitude. Next time you see some water, next time you drink water, look at the bottom and be like, man, I appreciate you. I cherish you. I'm glad you're here. I need you. I love you. Talk to the water you drink. Talk to the water you bathe with. Talk to the water you wash your hands with, man. Do it, man. You appreciate, you give appreciation to your family and friends when they do something for you. Why not do that for water? Why? Because they ain't going to say nothing back? Oh, you only giving gratitude to get gratitude and some thanks back? Nah, man. Show that gratitude to the water. Serious business out here, man. We back. Got my producer extraordinaire, yeah. Sabrina Sith up in here. It's good, man. You know what I'm saying? I got the mirror on the ones and twos, eating Doritos, the regular flavor, nacho cheese, which I feel is the best Dorito flavor. Sabrina had a great breakfast this morning. She had pancakes, eggs, and a green juice. What kind of eggs? Just the egg. Yeah, so Just vegan eggs, because egg. I don't want people to be like, I thought she was vegan. Man, forget, man, you know what? No, I'm, I am I don't want anybody to think that it's, it's a forever thing. You know yeah. what I mean? I need people to know it's a forever thing. Um... I've been on Sabrina's neck about drinking more green juices, hooses to get the fiber in the system. I've been bodying it, though. You know what I'm saying? She's been doing it. She's been doing her damn thing. I think I think we have finally cracked the code to get her to regularly drink water on a consistent basis without me breathing down her neck. I mean, green juice without breathing down her goddamn it's neck. It's because now I found a green juice I like that. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like the Trader Joe's one. Hey, man, you ain't going to like everything that's good for you. But I don't. I don't really love... The one I've been drinking. But you've been drinking it. But I've been drinking it because yeah. it's it's tolerable. It's called being an adult. Man, You're doing what's right for your body. There's a lot of man. adults out here that don't drink green juices. Huh? But they, they're irresponsible. They though. are You want to be there? No, I'm cut. No. You want to be there? 
Uh, for those who want to know, I've been drinking uh, Green Devotion by Evolution Fresh. Yeah, man, get the um, It's found in a lot of places. Yeah. I get mine from Whole Foods. Yeah. Because they, they sell it by the box. I'm proud of you. Thanks, buddy. Stay on it. Okay. It's intense. Okay. Sick of it, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. The regular it. nacho cheese Doritos, the best ones ever made. Man, that... Don't come in here with your cool ranch. That finger afterwards, that was my favorite. Oh, man. Licking the finger? Yeah. Don't come in here with the cool ranch. I it's just did that. Regular. I ain't gonna lie. I did just lick my fingers. See? Doritos... Doritos is fire, man. Occasionally, I'll, I'll I'll spaz out. I haven't had Doritos in a while now, but I'll spaz out and get and get some good Doritos going. And let me tell you something: when I used to make nachos, when I used to make nachos homemade, I used to do I used to do the ground turkey, right? Ground turkey. I used to do ground turkey, season that up with the taco seasoning, the Laurie's taco seasoning, Sodium City taco <laughs> seasoning. I would have that seasoned up and ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I would chop up some tomatoes, get the shredded lettuce going, right? Get some sour cream, some olives, right? And get some cheese. Sometimes I would buy a block and shred it myself. Sometimes I would get the pre-shred. It just depends on my mood at that particular time. Get that going. Got all that going. Everything's primed and ready. I would get the Doritos, put the turkey meat on top of the Doritos, Put the cheese on the top. Put that plate in the oven. Let the oven melt the cheese. Because that oven melt hit different than the microwave melt. It's a different melt. Throw that in there. Get the plate out. I got the, I got the, the oven mitts. You got that hot plate of nachos sizzling, baking, cooking. Pull that out. Then you add the tomatoes, the lettuce, the sour cream, the olives, and enjoy. Come on, Gordon Ramsay. Oh, man. You talking about <laughs> a good-ass time. Tony Ramsay over here. The nachos with the regular Doritos. Man, I ain't never. Whoo! This was, this was when I was living life to the fullest. Clearly. Health was in shambles. <laughs> but it was a good-ass time. Regular regular Doritos don't get enough credit. I think Doritos are like the Beyonce of the Lay's chip group. Like, you know, we got Fritos, we got Lay's, right. we got the popcorn, mm-hmm. Cheetos. Doritos is beating all of them, in my opinion. I would say, I would agree. I feel like they're the lead singer of the Lay's family. Although, Cheetos got hits. They do. Cheetos, Cheetos is a, that's a staple. Cheetos is Kelly Rowland. Okay. Got hits. Got some platinum in there. You know what I'm saying? Because the Cheetos and the hot Cheetos popping. Mm-hmm. And some people some people rock with the puffs. Puffs is all right. I like the puffs. And I like the can of the cheese balls. Oh. Mm. Okay. Okay. I like those too. That's all in the family. I respect it. What what what's what's the follow-up? To who's third? Uh Probably like the regular chips. No, no, well, yeah, because I feel like I feel like the Fritos are the stepchild. Yeah, nobody. Can I feel like Fritos. they are the Ringo Star. If we if we doing no disrespect to Ringo Star, but Damn. within the Beatles, you know it's they fight over Paul and John, then you got George, and then 
the wrinkles stuff. Me myself, I rock with the Fritos. I rock with the corn chips. Fritos is cool. I rock with. I don't think there's anything bad with any of them. I just don't. Yeah, they're not holding up to Doritos to me. But Doritos is the clear star. But hot Cheetos in the black community in the hood community is damn near biblical. Yeah. Like I, I I would say I see more people in the hood eating hot Cheetos than Doritos. But that's the hood though. You know. Flaming hot. Burning the esophagus. But I love a good I love a good Cheetos. Cheetos session. I see what y'all saying in this uh, Instagram. Y'all having a good time on Instagram, huh? You you really think I'm gonna stay here the whole episode, don't you? Nope. You want to see the rest of this? You got to join the Patreon because I'm about to cut it off. What's up, Zulu? You came in here right in time to get cut off. <laughs> yeah. Um. Thanks, supporters. Oh, they gave me my badges back? I don't know if they did or not. Um. um but what are we talking about? In here? Oh, it's 71 of y'all in here. What's up, y'all? Y'all in here deep. Thank y'all for pulling up, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Um. So yesterday, um, as some of you know, many of you probably know, we lost David Arnold. Uh, David A. Arnold, hilarious stand-up comedian, writer, producer, director. Um, He passed away on September 7th uh, due to a heart attack. And they had a celebration of life for him yesterday that uh, Sabrina and I attended along with uh, you know, many other comedians and colleagues and, you know, friends. And and David Arnold was hilarious. Um, very funny comedian. Uh, Brandon Lewis, my boy B. Lou, he calls him the Tim Duncan of comedy. Fundamentals. He's got the fundamentals down. He's going to get the job done. Tim Duncan was that guy that was going to get the job done. He got the fundamentals of comedy down. He was structured. Um, he taught comedy classes that I... I took one of his classes and I learned a lot, learned a lot. Uh, I remember the first time I ever saw David Arnold was at when he was hosting Chocolate Sundays at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. And I was looking at him and I was just like, yo, this dude's funny, man. Like the whole, his confidence on stage. I would always fixate on his hands. Uh, Ambria Allen was talking about the David Arnold hands yesterday and I knew exactly what she meant because I would always look at his hands when he would when he would talk on stage and just how, you know, when I when I watch people, I watch the full, I watch mannerisms, facial expressions, hand movement. Like I I look at Chris Rock's hands. I look at I'm always looking at the full, the full package. That's why I like I like I'm drawing the comedians that are animated when they when they're on stage, it's, just, it's more than just, you know, and not, not that there's anything wrong with standing in one spot and, and telling you jokes. That's a skill set. But I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to the full delivery of body in motion. And I would just be like the David Arnold hands. And he got that, that dry voice and like uh, just his perspective and his stage presence and the confidence. I was just like, man, it looked like this dude. Never gets frazzled on stage. That was that was my mindset. And I was just like, yo, this dude's a grown man, up there confident and all that. And I was just like, yo, this dude is dope. Uh, we became friends. Um, I remember I said, I want to take your class. And he was like, man, you don't need my class. And I was like, I want to take it anyway. 
and I took it and I learned so much and I'm glad I took it. And, you know, I would tell everybody in the world that I took his class. I took his class. I'm I'm very much in the vein of giving credit where credit is due. This is who I am. I'm always give credit where credit is due. And I always give credit to that. Because some, some comedians frown on comedy classes. They be like, you know, comedy class? What the hell is that? You know, I, remember, I remember getting into a huge, like, debate uh, with a comedian about it. And it was beneficial to me. Like, you know, they say comedy classes shouldn't even exist. I was like, why not acting classes, dude? You know what I mean? So um, I learned a lot. And, and watching David Arnold. And David Arnold's been doing comedy for a long time. So watching him navigate being this, being the traditional stand-up comedian, a true stand-up. And so, you know, a lot of the the veteran comedians were were kind of shy away from social media. And when when David Arnold finally embraced social media and started consistently putting out content on social media, he exploded. Like his followers shot up quickly. People were invested in his his uh his um his mindset on family, marriage, you know, um, which we already knew, which, you know, that was that was his comedic voice already. So now we're getting videos into his life, into his family that people were drawn to. And now it's so relatable. It's just like, man, this dude right here. And so he he exploded on social media and that once you explode on social media, then that rises demand for you on the road. So now that's going to bleed into your stand-up comedy career, which is something we all want as comedians. We want to put butts in the seats. So now we have that social media explosion. So now you'll come see him live. And that's what was happening. He was doing his live shows. He was on tour. He was doing Netflix specials. All the while, still producing, still writing for TV shows like Fuller House and creating shows like That Girl Lele and like, that's why I look at David Arnold as like, you know, when these other comedians make excuses as to why they can't hit stages, I'm like, look at David Arnold. You know what I'm saying? He could easily be like, well, I'm, I'm going to just focus on writing and, and producing over here and not do the stand-up. He was still getting up at the Laugh Factory. He was still getting up at the Comedy Store, making the time to perfect his craft. And just when he just released a Netflix special, It Ain't for the Week, blowing up, man. Blowing up, killing it, and it was just like he was about to ascend to the next level. He was already a star in my eyes. And just as he's about to ascend to the next level, you know, he passes away, heart attack. And it just, it caught everybody off guard. And, you know, much love and respect and love and thoughts to Julie and their two daughters, uh, Anna Grace and Ashlyn. Um, Much love to them and support to David and his whole family and his friends. And the celebration of life yesterday was a beautiful event. Um, the comedians that spoke, his friends that spoke, everybody was hidden. Everybody was hidden. Everybody was funny. It was heartfelt. We, we would laugh. And then Rodney Perry was going for our, our tear ducts. And it was just like, man, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm already fragile. I'm hanging on by a thread on any given goddamn day. So you, you say one thing and I'm out of here. Tears rolling. Cause I am, I am all in on, on all of it, all the emotions. So one false move, I'm out of here. And it was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Um, so glad we went and I laughed and it was just a good time. And it was just, they were killing up there. And I noticed, I noticed why everybody was killing. 
because there was no pastor. No disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect to pastors and Christianity and church. No disrespect whatsoever, but y'all been bombing at these funerals. Y'all have been bombing at these funerals, messing the energy up. Let the family and friends hold the porch down. We don't need y'all coming in and trying to segue some deeper message into the life of the person that passed. We don't need it. Some people might need it, but the majority, we'd be like, how is this tying into the dead person? You know what I'm saying? I've, in the past year and a half, I've gone to six memorials slash funerals. Six. Six. And the ones at the church, the pastors are winless. They owe in four. Pastor bombed so hard at my uh, son's funeral, he brought me out of the morn. He brought me out of the morn. I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, I looked at my brother-in-law, Lamar, and I was just like, man, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> In church. I'm like, what is he talking about? Put the pastors up first. We know it's your church. We know it's your building. You got to say something. Go first. A pastor cannot follow the family and friends. Let me repeat that. Timestamp this for the clips, all that. Let me repeat that. A pastor cannot follow the family and friends ever. The family and friends is going to come in with the true heartfelt. They're not going to force no segues. They're not going to be talking about dress codes and jumping off roofs and the dog that kept biting and pushing. They're going to give you real stories, real emotion, real connection to the person that passed. Go first. We know it's your building. We know you the reason that the lights is on and you the reason that we got a venue here. Go first. Let the family and friends close it out. Please. Last night's celebration was beautiful because there was no pastor. Everybody hit. There was, it was undefeated. Everybody that went up hit. Every single person. Every single person. Man. I need more of that in the funerals. When I pass, no pastors. No pastors. If I see a pastor at my funeral, I'm coming back from the grave. If I'm dust, I'm rematerializing like the Sandman and be like, get him off the stage. If it's a casket and I'm opening it, which I don't want, I want to be cremated. I'm getting out the casket. I'm getting the mic. Woo! It's going to be feedback and everything. Hey, man, listen. I don't know what he's talking about right now. He didn't know me like that. He, <laughs> he just grasping at straws. Sick of it, man. I'm fresh out of a funeral for our friend and family, Jason Fredericks. Beautiful ceremony. Beautiful ceremony, man. I still can't believe Jason is gone. Um... You know, much love to Tammy, Juju, the whole family, man. Kev, Melissa, Mel, Greg, the whole family. It's like, man, come on, man. God, if you listen, if you if you listen to verbal cardio, enough. Stop taking us out of here, man. Please. Just let me catch my breath like dynamite. Please give me a moment, man. Losing all these people. It's just enough. And the, fu the, the funeral was beautiful. 
Kev's mom killed it. Man. Kev's mom killed it. <laughs> I was like, man, her comedic time, man. This is Kevin Jason's mom. Her son passed, and she went up there and killed it. I was just like, man, this is can't no pa- can't no pastor follow what we just had. Kev was killing his mom. His their grandmother was killing. Juju went up and spoke. His friend, his best friend, went up there and killed it. That's all we need. That's all we need. We had the choir singing selections. One of the girls in the choir came up and was talking about how people will do in the face of death. And that hit my soul personally. She was like, yeah, six months from now, that's when it gets real. Everybody's there with you when you lose somebody. But six months later, that's that's when it gets, you're you going to see who's around. People are going to surprise you and come out of nowhere and be there for you. People that you thought had your back will disappear. And she was dead on. And I was just like, man, fold up city. But I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired of losing people. Compounded with work and trying to be healthy and trying to do things I enjoy and just trying to survive all of this. I'm just like, man, enough. But I do know how to cherish the little moments, find humor in the, in the tragedy and just like, but this has been a tough year and some change. Toughest of my life, so sick of this shit. But shout out to Jason Fredericks, David Arnold, Teddy Ray, Fu, Augustino, and Serene. Boom. And for those who want to watch David Arnold's uh, life celebration, it's on his YouTube page. And I think Jason's is still up on YouTube as well. So if you guys want to watch that, it is, it's, they were amazing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, oh, uh, side note, uh, went back to the old format of my movie reviews. Um, I reviewed the movie. Uh, I love y'all right back, Tone. Um, I reviewed the movie Smile. And I did it the old way, in the squeaky chair. And the chair did not squeak. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The chair did not squeak like it was supposed to. But we back. It was just me and Cam. Like old times. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. A new episode of Gross Point Bake is up. Steven Seagal versus... Jean-Claude Van Damme and the box office battle. Who put more butts in the seats? That video is up right now. Uh, so check that out. Gross Point Bake is back, man. And I'm doing an episode today on the top-selling Bad Boy Records albums. So we're going to do that. Who do you think is going to be number one? You're probably going to be like, I think I know what you're going to guess, but you might be wrong. You might be wrong. Um, you know what my favorite thing about when I would watch you do your movie reviews, uh-huh. especially in like the old bunker, is there were never there was never like a transition between your turnaround and like the saxophone thing. Yeah. But you would always say, You ready? <laughs> <laughs> and whoever's behind the camera's like, Yeah. <laughs> We've been ready. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was always so funny because you'd be like Forget all that. You want to know. Smooth jazz review of this movie. Well, here it is. And then you turn around and be like, ready? (laughs) 
They didn't have to press not one button, nothing, but you'd always make sure. <laughs> to make sure they're ready. It's just so funny to me. As if when you turned around, everything changed. Right. You ready? No, no, we're not ready. I turned around. It's a whole different setup back there. What's a giraffe doing in here? The hell's going on here? But that would always be my favorite. I'd always wait for that. You ready? <laughs> you ready? Nah, yeah. The, the you ready is like uh, Beyonce and Crazy in Love. She was like, oh, yeah. you ready? You ready? <laughs> Will Smith is uh, doing a movie called Emancipation. And I, I believe, this is off the top, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a story about the slave who has that iconic slavery picture that shows his back and the lashes to his back. I believe that's the character Will Smith is playing in this movie. If I'm not mistaken, um, we all know that iconic picture, black and white joint. We see his back all shredded up. Uh, and yeah, so surprisingly, you know what I'm saying? I I think I read about, you know, Will Smith doing a picture like this, but I, I just didn't picture Will Smith doing a slave movie. Like this is... And yep, that's it. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is not the right project for him to be coming out of the scandal on. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this yeah. conversation. Is this the right way to come I, back? Is this t- poor timing? Yeah, because it was probably set for this date. Regardless, already, yeah. And no one predicted. The timing is just, because ah, we already hanging on by a thread with slave movies. Man. We, we've reached a point where we're kind of tired of it. Right. So now Will Smith is coming out with this at a, at a critical time for him. Very. And it's just like, damn, is this, is this the project? Because, you know, he would have to come with some, some typical Will Smith entertainment for us to be like all right we, we i'm i'm still you know supporting will smith anyway but right. i know a lot of people are hanging on by a thread and now with a slavery movie it's just like because a lot of people are done i don't even know if i'm watching till um yeah because uh, we see the response to the woman king right and that's not even your typical slave movie right and people are still but, like and people are like i'm mm-hmm. not supporting right anything slave slave related amen (laughs) oh not hell no (laughs) I'm laughing because he was laughing no I don't even expect to hear your giggle (laughs) (laughs) the Till movie is a little different though it's it's not what people think it is and you know what I found that out in a uh, promo for it at the movie theater they say they will not show any any violence any violence yeah. towards them it's not it's, it's not gonna be what people think it's gonna right. be right so I think it's depicted in a different light and it's not Um, I don't think it's necessarily Emmett Till's story it's about um, who who's the woman is it his mother his mother yeah Yeah. so I think it's the story is about his mother yeah. and what yeah. she had to overcome right Um. so I think that I wouldn't be like you know so quick to be like I ain't watching it I think that this is a story that she wants to tell yeah. and I think it's one of the things that's like it might be a little triggering, but I don't think it's going to be something like you see something right. on the screen that's going to be like, oh, my God. Because they know? made that a point in yeah. the promo. They was like, we are not showing any black violence on, on this. So it was like, okay. And then she even said, she's like, we are starting the movie with 
joy and happiness yeah. and we're, we're ending, ending the movie in joy and happiness. Yep. She said that. Yeah. As one of the producers, it could have been the director, the producer, or the writer of the of the piece. So, and mind you, I, I've said this and I still stand by this. These stories need to be told. And Emmett Till's story is a story that is very compelling. But it's just um it's just so like we're dealing with a lot as is, you know. Like I like I said in this podcast, I'm hanging on by a thread emotionally. It's just like, man, I gotta pace myself here. And so uh I haven't looked at the trailer for the Will Smith joint. Uh, I'm gonna check out the trailer today. Um and I'm a Will Smith fan, so you know, I'm interest I'm interested to see how this plays out. Um but man, coming out of the scandal, coming out of the slap, this is gonna be a tough sell. Man, this is gonna be a tough sell. Wait, let me see what good old Twitter is saying about this. This is gonna be a, a, a tough sell because yeah, that's like the thing I saw was people were saying they were tired of him making that face on the cover. The oh face yeah, that, that face. <laughs> that's that. That's the end of uh, what's it called? Uh, the movie with uh, Jaden. Oh, uh, pursuit of happiness. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that face when yeah. he finally gets the job. Yeah. That's his that's his, his cry face. Yeah. I love that moment though. I love that when he gets the job in the pursuit of happiness. I've gone oh, on man. YouTube to watch that scene probably ten times, just cause just cause I want to feel some emotion. I was gonna say just to feel something. Oh man, I love that scene. Oh, this is an Apple movie. I didn't know. Yeah, that. Apple TV thing. Yeah, they have that. been working on that for a while, and so? it got scrapped when the thing happened or whatever. Oh, okay, but I heard like people saying like. Internally, it's pretty good, though. So they're not even going for a theatrical release. Oh, I guess It kind of hits nah, different then. That ain't their thing. Oh, so people are just saying, why won't Hollywood stop making slave movies, and why won't black Hollywood stop agreeing to it? I don't think slave movies should be stopped. I do think the way the storytelling goes has to be changed. I'd rather be more honest. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the, the white savior thing. Oh, yeah, that we happens. done on that. That is... Yeah, Enough. like we done yeah. on that. Yeah, that's why I appreciated the the woman king, and that's why I feel like people just need to check it out. You know, instead of instead of just you know passing judgment on something you haven't looked at, just check it out, and then then come back to the table and be like, all right, well I ain't feeling this because this, but at least at least watch the movie and see what you come away with. Um. Because again, like even if you disagree with the woman king and you know what that tribe was really about, pull up anyway just to just to gain perspective, see how they flipped the real story, and also so we can get more movies like this made. You know what I'm saying? More movies where they're confident in putting black women at the forefront of a box office movie, a box office action movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, the action scenes were exciting. Um, you know, I was all in. I was invested. The, the action was vis- visceral. Um, and I felt like, yo, this is this is, this is is a good time. And I really I really feel like, and I stand on this, I really feel like the action, the action sequences were harder hitting than Black Panther. And, you know, not to compare those two movies, but in terms of action, like I'm an action guy. So I'm going to compare action sequences when I watch movies. And I feel like the action in uh, The Woman King hit me harder. 
Um, Black Panther is an excellent film, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the excellence in Black Panther was really on the back of the the performances, the character development, and the story, more so than the action itself. And I feel like that was the only weak link in the Black Panther movie was the action. And I feel like the Woman King nailed the action um, in a stronger way. That's you know that, that's my opinion on the action tip. And I will say this about Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever, we we bought tickets for it uh, yesterday, and the tickets are selling, y'all. People buying their tickets early. Like I looked at, uh, I looked at some of the AMC's. You, you know, you can look at AMC and you can see what seats have been filled already. And I was looking at the shows, and I was like, "Yo, man, this movie is selling well over a month in advance. Well over a month." And some of these some of these screens are really filling up. So I'm just like, "Yo, man." Um, people are out here really buying tickets early, so I think I think that Wakanda Forever is going to do well. I don't think it will match the domestic box office of the first one, but I do feel like let me tell you what Wakanda Forever Forever has on its side: the uncertainty, low key. I feel like more people are intrigued to go see this movie because of the tragedy that happened with Chadwick Boseman. I feel like they're more likely to go see just to, out of curiosity. Okay. What direction are they going to go? So now we have a new element at play. Like, I feel like if it was just a regular sequel, everybody's coming back. People would just be like, eh, I'm in no hurry. But now I feel like people are like, man, I'm really curious to see and what direction they're going to go with the sequel. So I feel like that builds excitement for people to be like, I'm pulling up. Um, so I think it might do the film well uh, at the box office, especially that opening weekend. Opening weekend, they like, we got to get in there early. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, everybody's curious. And that curiosity is what led into the success of the first Black Panther. It was like, yo, man, I'm curious to see. We seen Wakanda for the first time, first black superhero. So there was that that curiosity of this is a first, this is a major. And so you got a $200 million opening weekend, which is incredible, by the way. $200 million in one weekend, that's crazy. So now I feel like based on these early sales and stuff like that, it's going to do over $100 million opening weekend which is great, but you know they're going to compare it to the first. So it's just like, I, I'm not so sure it could beat the first one, especially in these uh, these post-pandemic times. But I would love it if it did. But I, overall, I want the movie to be dope. I want the movie to be dope. I want the action to be dope. And, you know, I want Marvel to get, you know, I want Marvel to get back on track. And all that good stuff. So I will be there in theaters. Uh, Wakanda Forever. I'm already at the theater looking at the blank screen. Tough. Hardcore. Man, how does uh how does ten year old Tony feel about all this? Oh man, ten year old Tony? Let's talk to the the child inside of you. To see movies based on comic books that have been made this good is 10-year-old Tony's 
dream. Like, you know, I would sit there and read the comic books and look at the pages and, you know, go in my brother's stash. He'd be like, don't go in my comic books. And I'd be <laughs> like, I'm not going in your comic books. And I would go in his comic books. I would be all up in there digging through his pile of Daredevil, Fantastic Four, Avengers, X-Men. And I'm just digging all up in his closet, going through the comic books. And, you know... Uh, if I know he was close to coming home, I would flee the scene every time. I remember one time he caught me off guard. Oh. He was like, don't go in my comic books. I was like, I'm not going in your comic books. I got my own stuff going. I didn't have <laughs> nothing going. <laughs> I didn't have. I had like seven issues of just, you know, random comics. But I, I would be in his comic books. And one time he came home earlier than I anticipated. So and I, was, I was knee deep in the comic book pile. I was knee deep. I was knee deep. I heard him come in the house, man. I fled. And I was like, huh. I was like, Ma, tell 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 Khalil that you you was you was in the comic books. So she took the rap for me. I'm sure, I'm sure he knew that was a cold lie. At that time, my mom read Dazzler, Rom, and Ghost Rider comic books. But my brother would bring those comic books to her. She never went into his closet and going through the stash. I was in the stash. So she took the rap for me right there. Oh. <laughs> and uh but I I I know he knew the truth. He never he never gave me he never gave me shit about it, but I knew he knew the truth and I was in there. <laughs> so I think I think to get me out of his stash, he asked me for one birthday. He was just like, "Yeah, what what's your favorite comic book?" And I was like, "Uh uh no. I, I didn't know whether to pick uh I was like, "Uh Captain America Captain America uh Wolverine, I was just like, and I picked Wolverine. So he got me a subscription to uh, X-Men. So I would get a new issue of X-Men in the mail every month. And that was his gift to me. And also, stay out my stash. I'm giving you your own comic books now. Get up out my stash. And which brother was this? Khalil was my oldest. So he he was the comic book guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Scott didn't really buy comic books like that. Um, and so I think he did that just to keep me at bay. But I was like, if you really want to keep me at bay, I need Avengers. I need Captain America. I need Daredevil. I need Silver Surfer. I need everyone. I need the Justice League of America. I need those Batman comic books. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so he did give me that. And then, you know, but that, that just sparked, you know, a lifelong, uh, love of comic books. So to see, I remember one of the earliest comic book movies was The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren as Frank Castle. It was like low budget. I remember we we had a bootleg copy of it. And I was just like, man, this shit is terrible. So it was just like, and you know, by this time, you know, Superman 1 and 2 was dope to me. And I was just like, yeah, but I want to see, I was a Marvel kid. Like, I wanted to see Wolverine and them. I wanted to see Daredevil. I wanted to see the Avengers. And it was just like, all we had from a good a good movie standpoint was Superman 1 and 2. And then uh, fast forward, you hear about, you know, then Batman comes out. And, you know, that was all the rage, Batman 1 and 2. And Superman 3 was terrible. Superman 4 was even worse. So it was just like, man, it's just hit and miss. And it wasn't until Blade that it was just like, ah, 
Now we cooking. Now we cooking. And then ever since then, it's just been gravy. But, uh, you know, some hit and misses, but pretty much gravy. And seeing my little childhood friends blowing up on the big screen with, you know, Academy Award winning actors playing the roles. It's, it's a different ball game now. And so 10-year-old Tony is. And I also wanted to say this. So Blade, the new Blade movie, lost its director uh, over scheduling conflicts. It's never a good sign. Losing your director this late in the game, I'm worried. I'm worried about this film. Now, mind you, they haven't started production yet. Uh, they haven't started, you know, principal photography and all that. But um, I'm worried because I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that Blade is fire. I'm all in on the casting of Mahershala Ali as Blade. I'm all in. So I want this film to be dynamite. I'm already pissed off that they're going the PG-13 route. I feel like Disney is up in here pg 13 in it up, man. Enough with the PG-13, man. I feel like Disney be soft. Let's talk about it. Disney be soft. Y'all want stuff to be soft. Look at the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Soft. I want some greediness out here, man. Give us gritty. Let certain let certain heroes be gritty. Let Blade be gritty. Let Deadpool be gritty. Let Wolverine be gritty. Wolverine could be gritty or not. When he's with the X-Men, he could be, you know, PG-13. When he's by himself, let him be gritty. We saw that. The gritty works. Logan was the best shit since sliced bread. When they finally was like, let's go gritty. It worked. Blade 1 and 2 worked. Let that grit, let it show, man. Disney be worrying me, man. Everything ain't got to be soft. And rated R movies can make money. Enough with that, oh, the PG-13 get more butts in the seats. Yeah, but rated R can make money as well. Deadpool made money. Matter of fact, man, let me cue it up. <laughs> Sick of this, man. Stop softening everything up, man. Deadpool. Oh, wait. Oops. Piss. Hold on. We about to cue this up, man. We queuing up the numbers here on verbal cardio, man. Sick of this. Because, <laughs> man, Disney be like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because them, them Disney Plus shows, soft. soft. for sure. They feel like kids stuff, man. Yeah. Enough. Yeah, it's like we get it, you're Disney, but a lot of us, Disney's been around so long that they have to, at some point in some aspect, need to grow with us. Yes. And because you know, Disney would have all shoot film companies like Touchstone Pictures or whatever, and they would have rated R movies. Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was our, you know, that was Disney's foray into rated R territory without hurting the brand of Disney. Right. So they could still get that rated R money shit. You know, uh, Pretty Woman was rated R. Even though it didn't feel like it, it was rated R. And that was Touchstone. But it's like, bro, Deadpool won $781 million worldwide on a budget of $58 million. Deadpool, $58 million to make. Makes $781 million worldwide. Rated R. Hard R. Okay? Er. 
You know what I'm saying? Deadpool 2 comes out, $786.3 million worldwide on a budget of $110 million. First of all, that, that budget exploded, but rightfully so. $786 million worldwide, man. Rated R can make money. Rated R can make money. You just got to have the right product, man. To this day, The Exorcist is one of the highest grossing rated R films ever made. Big rated R. That movie was big rated R. I'm surprised they even released it back in 73. Yeah, I got my Exorcist shirt on now. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) The movie made $230 million in 1973 domestically on a budget of $12 million. That's crazy. If you inflate that today, it made $428 million worldwide. If you inflate that today, crazy money. I don't see the inflation cost right here, but $230 million in 73 money is crazy money. Rated R film, restricted. Stop leaning on this kitty shit, man. Enough. And what I mean by like uh, Disney should grow with us, I don't mean all of Disney, of course. Right. Obviously, yeah, you can still have a kid. Obviously, it's, let it be. If need be, ninety percent could be kids. Give us ten percent, yeah, which is just like a couple of shows, a movie. You know what I mean? Couple movies, on, like the stuff that you know that we as adults are the most excited about. Yeah, come on, just give it to us. Give it to Give it to us. We Come can handle it. We're all right. We grown. Yeah. We smashing raw. That's it. That's we. That's how we ended up with the kids exactly, that are that we're man. putting on to Disney. Come on. You know what it is. Come on. We got hardcore porn at our fingertips, man. Man. Whatever the whatever rated R action movies you doing is lighter than that. Come on. Man. Yeah. We grown Disney. You grown too over there being executives and shit. This is Y'all out here doing cocaine, smashing raw. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Like you know, the, the Netflix series Daredevil, The Punisher, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, all edgy, all did well. Even even we didn't like Iron Fist and the Defenders and like season twos of certain shows was kind of shaky, but. Those initial runs, we we was all in on the grit. We was all in on the darkness. We was all in on that. They were doing well. And I feel like they had a, a better lasting impression than these Disney Plus shows. Outside of, you know, WandaVision, which, which was cool. Yeah, that was good. You know what, Disney? Give us your version of the boys. <laughs> yeah. We know it ain't have to be that extreme. <laughs> But the boys but I so appreciate fun. the boys for that. No, the boys is amazing because it goes there. And and what I really like about the boys is the fact that it goes there isn't what makes it good. Right. It it makes a lot of it like shocking. Like, yeah. oh, sh-. but the storyline is just so amazing. Yeah. And, and with that, with that being rated R, we know nothing is off the table. Nothing. So we don't know what to expect. Exactly. We don't know where the story is going to go. Right. We're always surprised. And when it is shocking, it's not like shocking for no reason. Yeah. It's shocking and it leads somewhere. Right. Even like crazier within the story. So you're just like, yo, what? Right. What? And it's just, I'm, I'm ready for the next one. Come on, man. 
I'm all in. Man, the boys, if y'all haven't started watching the boys, and I try to tell everybody, watch the boys. Yeah. Get the on Amazon is, Prime. The boys is great. You're on Amazon all day, every day, ordering your little stuff that you don't actually need. You see on TikTok, oh my God, Amazon needs. You don't need it. What you need to do is go on Amazon Prime and watch The Boys. Boys is a good time. Now, some and, of the shit is overboard. I'll give you that. It's a lot. It's But the storyline. Some of line, it is just like, all right, we don't need, we don't need this. But storyline-wise, yes. If you like superheroes, if you like drama... If you like to be invested in characters, it's the boys. Mm-hmm. And just know that there are some actors in there that you will never look at the same. <laughs> you talking about Tony? Man, fuck Tony, bro. <laughs> Clip this. <laughs> I'm sure he's the sweetest individual ever. Yeah. But. Tell about Anthony Starr, man. Anthony he's killing it, his homelander. Listen, Anthony Starr. <laughs> You are too good of an actor because I hate you. <laughs> and that's how you know you good. That boy good. He killing it. He is killing it. But fuck him. <laughs> but he's probably the sweetest. I be I see him in your comments. Yeah, he be in the comments tough. Yeah. Sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Laughing. Having a good time. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Give him a chance. No, no. Watch him in something else. I need to. People, people been telling me to watch uh, Banshee. Banshee, okay. That was a Cinemax original series that he's the lead in. Okay. So, let me pull up on Banshee. I definitely need like just a palate cleanser. A, plan- a palate cleanser yeah. for Anthony Starr. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I would like him in other things. Yeah. Because he's such a good actor. Right. Because even when he's like the evilest uh-huh. as Homelander, I'm like, God damn, I like this. Yeah. Like it's I I I don't like him, uh-huh. but I like. What I love I'm him watching. as a villain, and I that's what makes him. yes. When you got a good villain, shit is fire, man. When you got a good villain that you love to hate, you love oh, to hate Homelander. Love you it. love it. You be like, oh, I hate him, but uh, ah, it gives you got emotion watching. Yes, it. you know what I mean. You like, oh, I want somebody just to kick his ass, please. <laughs> You be desperate for it, but you you all in. Oh my god! And then every time you're like, right now, if you just yeah, you know, you could just take them right now, right? And then it doesn't happen. Your whole day is ruined. You're weak. Yes. Like, yo, you good? Nah, Homeland is still out here. Signs of a great villain. It's amazing. When you that emotionally invested in their downfall, right? You just be like, please, please. If this does get clipped, I hope he doesn't check his DMs after this. Cause I definitely te- I definitely DM'd him. Did fuck- you? Yeah, I said fuck you or something like that. Oh, you can unsend it. Nah, man, I'm keeping it in there. I'm, I ain't <laughs> you no can punk. Definitely unsend. I'm a. I ain't no punk. No, what I say? <laughs> I said you're such a good actor, something like that. That I hate you. Yeah. But uh, I think I told him something similar. <laughs> we over here cussing. I him definitely out. told him something similar. I was just like, man, listen. I oh, hate I your said, guts in the show. I said respectfully, we have to fight. You play Homelander a little too good. <laughs> and I forgot, this was July 8th. I don't know what episode I watched. Uh-huh. But all I know is that I was ready to throw hands. <laughs> let, me, let me see what I told him. Let me see what I told this man. Uh, I can't find him. And what sucks is that you can see that there's a face... That you can like. Oh, yeah. 
it's a face that you can like, but by the end of season one, there's no way. Tony Starr. All right, let's see. Like, even his profile picture, it doesn't even look like Homelander. Right. <laughs> let's see. Anthony Starr. That's a sweet guy in that pro. He right. likes picnics and yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. He's a good guy, man. <laughs> he's got a... He's got a uh, a golden retriever. You oh, know, those man. are the most adorable dogs of all time. It looked like he got a golden retriever in the picture. I don't know what he has for real. But, yeah. You know, once you see a golden retriever, that's just wholesome. soft and wholesome. What'd you tell him? Uh, I'm looking, my DMs is uh... booting up. I hate Instagram. Fix your shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to not be on your app that much anymore, but at least fix your shit. Because, see, I opened my DMs and I'm sitting here waiting. Nah, you're going to have me on the app for another three minutes just trying to open this. I see what you're doing and I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, so just to update y'all on the rocket that hit the asteroid, there was a debris tail thousands of miles long. <laughs> so, you know, we out there putting debris into space. Oh, so I told him, I told him, I hate you because you are such a good villain on the boys. Good work, <laughs> sir. And he was like, thank you. And uh, he told me thank you for the laughs and all that good stuff. But, yeah. And he said, you are more than welcome. Just woke up, watched this on repeat for 10 minutes and started the day laugh, crying. Have a great one. He must have been talking about one of my videos. But, yeah. But I told him, I was like, I hate you, man. But you're doing you're doing your job. I mean, absolutely. You're doing your job. And then, uh, uh, what's his name? Wolverine. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Hugh Jackman. No, the the uh, the guy in the boys that you said. The one I want to be uh, yeah. Wolverine, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. He really would make a great. Oh, he'd make a great. Wolverine. He'd be the best Wolverine, man. He would. He'd be fantastic. Every time I look at him, I see Logan. Yeah, that's a hundred. And then he's he's very Logan in the boys. Yeah, he's gritty. Yeah, I like that actor, man, because he he has range. He like does. when I watch him on Star Trek, totally different guy, right? Than what we see on the boys. And I thought he was great in uh, Dread, the Judge Dread remake, which killed the Sylvester Stallone and just murdered it. And I feel like Dread is an underseen. Uh, it's a very underrated film. If you haven't seen Dread, I think it's one of the better action films that have come out in the last few years. Several years, actually. It came out a while ago. But I feel like it's overlooked. It didn't do well at the box office, but that movie is fire. And he never took his mask off. Oh, he never took his helmet off the whole movie. The whole movie. And I love that. I loved it. Um... Anyway, I got questions from the patron saints. I'm going to address real quick. Question. Passionate for God. Are y'all why are y'all wearing white to Wakanda forever? I think uh, I'm going to wear African clothing cuz I'm clumsy. <laughs> is white is that the theme? Is that uh I think it's cuz of uh of Chadwick. Oh, so that's it. hey, I'm down for whatever whatever we doing, I'm down for. I will wear uh all white. I got this white ensemble that I wore to Serene's funeral that I really liked. I'll probably just wear that if that's the thing. I wear Serene shoes. Mm. Uh, I wear these white pants and this white shirt that my brother gave me in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, so I wear that. If, if 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 white is what we doing, I'm doing it. 
And hopefully ain't no ain't no butter in the seats. Ain't no oh, man. you know, not coming out with stains. I like your I like your outfit for Serene's funeral. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a good look. But remember my pants ripped? Yeah. I mean, you know. I, so I don't have that every anymore. Every pair of pants Sabrina has, she be ripping. What I ripped the day shreds, I put them man. on. <laughs> Sabrina just need to be wearing them uh, vacation pants that be super loose and flowy. Mm-hmm. And just, because you're the She-Hulk, man. I am She-Hulk. You need to be on there. You need to be green. I do. Well, you're tearing clothes up. If you go to my TikTok, I use a She-Hulk filter yeah, a lot. You, you need it in real life. A lot. I love you that filter. I really break everything. Uh, Chrissy, Chrissy for life. How do you feel about Blade getting pushed back? I'm worried. I'm worried about the pushback. Uh, usually trouble productions are usually a red flag. Uh, but I hate that it's getting pushed back. I'm already impatient. So now we got to wait even longer. So, but hopefully, you know, hopefully they get a dope director. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they got their pick of the litter on who's willing to direct. My biggest worry, I'm not worried about the lead. I'm worried about that goddamn rating. I do not want the PG-13. I don't want it. Not for Blade. Not man. for Blade. Not for Blade, goddammit. Sick of it. Uh, Crazy for Life also asks, uh, how do you feel about X-Men not getting introduced into the MCU until phase six or seven? Is that what they're saying? Shit, we got to wait that long. Wait, what phase are we on now? Hold on. That's the real question. What phase are we currently in? Because goddamn, man, give us the X-Men. Yo, I was going to say... Give us the X-Men right now. Um, When I was when you were talking about 10-year-old you, we're in phase four, by the way. We're in phase four? Yeah, six and seven. That's Come on, phase. man. I might not be around then. Hey, man, no. Shut up. I mean, shit. Anything could happen at this point. Everybody dying. Okay, relax. Calm down. <sighs> but I was going to say that um, I think when... The first X Men came out. That's when I was like, like, oh shit! Mm. Like, I get to see that yeah. in motion. That was like, that was the movie that I was like, yo, this is exciting. Yeah, I get to see all these, um, these superheroes that I love to like look at uh-huh. their image right. on on page, and now I get to see it. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is fantastic. This is amazing. I remember when the X Men came out. I was like, "All right." I was I was excited, and it and they didn't shit the bed. Mm-hmm. So I think I I think I put more on it than I really liked. I was like, "Man, it was great." But then when I looked back, I was like, "It was cool. It was a nice little setup." But X Two is when I was just like, "Yes, mm-hmm. now we cooking." And then you know the first Spider Man was just like, "Oh yeah, that was good." Yeah. So then it was just like so. Two thousand is when that X Men came out. Yeah, two thousand. And it, you know, it did well. It didn't shit mm-hmm. the bed. Reviews were solid, and it was just like we can do this, right? And then X Men One was rushed. I could feel it, mm-hmm. but I feel like X Two is when they really started getting their feet together, right? And then X Men been fumbling and feet together, fumble feet together, fumble feet together. So, but I was just like, yeah. And then Spider Man looked good, and then I was just like, all right, we off and running. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait for uh, X-Men to come in. Oh, man. X-Men is my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite. I'm all in. Do you think... Wait, so I have a question about X-Men. So, you know, my favorite mm-hmm. is Nightcrawler, right? Yeah. Has there ever been, like, like a dedicated 
uh, comic to Nightcrawler and his parents? There's been a dedicated uh, comic book to Nightcrawler. But like uh, about but as far as far as his upbringing, um, it keeps changing. Initially, you know, his father was like a demon. Yeah, uh, Azazel, uh, uh, something, Azazel, or he something. He was low like key in uh, X Men First Class. Okay, and then uh, his mom being Mystique. Mystique. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed or not. Yeah, it's confirmed. No, yeah, yeah, Raven. Okay, yeah. so. So he had his own issues, so I wasn't sure. I didn't read the Nightcrawler solo joints, so I'm not sure how deep uh, they went into it. But uh, so I don't really know. Oh, that's what I was wondering because that'd be interesting to watch. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people realize that Mystique is Nightcrawler's mom, right? And then just watching Nightcrawler and his demeanor and the way he is, yeah, and how different it is from his mother, right? Like that's that's a nice contrast. Yeah, like it's an interesting dynamic, mm-hmm. especially him being so angelic as well, with yeah. his father being a demon. A demon, it's just yeah. like you know. And I, I thought he was great in uh, X Two. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, uh, I can't think of the actor's name that played him. Um, Wait, older. Which one was X2? X two? Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. Yeah, Alan I thought Cumming he was, was a the, great yeah. Nightcrawler. Yeah, I love every time I see Alan Cummings, I was yeah. like Nightcrawler. He was a great Nightcrawler. No matter what, now. Yeah. Alan Cummings is a full. Right. He's done so much since. Right. But every time I see him, I'm like Nightcrawler. Even that trailer for the comedy show they got coming, that he's a host of, like Nightcrawler hosting the show. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just feel like, and I would love. For, and I feel like X Men are a team that really needs for everybody to get their solo joints. Mm-hmm. We need because we need time to because one one of X Men's biggest flaws was they had too many characters to give real time to. Like they right. never gave Storm any any. They never gave Storm anything. Yeah, they never gave Colossus you. anything. Nightcrawler had a good showing in X2. Mm-hmm. They never gave Cyclops anything. It was always Wolverine, Rogue, Jean, right, right. getting the majority, the lion's share of the emotional and character development real estate, Professor X, Magneto. But everybody else was on the wayside. But I feel like everybody is strong enough because, you know, they got they got good backstory. We need more Storm. We need more Scott Summers. We need because Scott Summers' family background, you know, his brother Havoc, his dad was in the Star Jammers, and like, you know, Cyclops has a rich, you know, character development history that they can play into. You know, we definitely want to see more Storm. Mm-hmm. Her relationship with Black Panther. That's what I was saying. The relationships yeah. between, you know, Storm and Wolverine had a little thing for a little bit. Her relationship with Forge. Mm. You know, they these characters have had several romantic ties to different characters within the uh, universe. And, you know, it's just so much meat on the bone that they would be better suited to addressing if everybody can have their little solo moments, especially for the main, the main yeah. squad. I would have, I would have liked for them to like see what Black Panther did and been like, oh, let's build on that by coming yeah. out with a, like a proper storm right. movie. Mm-hmm. And her tie with T'Challa, Wakanda, and all of that. Because right. that, that's a dope... I feel like that's also a lot of stuff, like, unless you read the comics, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that'd be dope for people to see. And and that was late in the game. Like, yeah. when Storm and Black Panther got together, that was recent. 
as far as like Storm has so much history that predates that. Storm came, she came on the team when they had that new team, and Storm, she went through so many different changes within the within the squad, um, trying to keep her powers in check. Sometimes she would get mind control and she'd be Rogue Storm, and then she lost her powers for a little bit. She became leader of the X-Men. She had to be leader of the X-Men with no powers. Then she got turned young. She got turned into like a teenager for a while. So she had to literally grow up again. Mm -hmm. And it's so many different character arcs that, you know, Storm is going through as a character, even before she even ventured into the Black Panther canon. And it's just like so much meat on the bone, you know, from a from a character standpoint. Um, Your unpopular opinion, probably. Mm-hmm. But if they did do a Storm movie, yeah. I would love for it to be the people who did a woman, the woman king. Because okay. everything about that movie, yeah. visually, the way that everyone's complexion looked perfect. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people don't know how to light dark skin right. individuals at all. Right. And that movie did beautifully. Yeah. And I feel like the fight choreography, just everything about it, just like the character development, everything about that movie. Yeah. Just the way they highlighted black women. Mm-hmm. If we can do that for Storm. Oh, I would love it. That'd be amazing. Because we always have like a mixed Storm. Always. We don't need a mixed Storm. Storm has been mixed every time. The the sidekick chick from The Woman King. I'm sorry, I forgot her name. But um, she would be, she's tall, chocolatey. She could fight. Oh, the tall joint. Yeah. Yeah. She'd make a great Storm. Um, I was watching, uh, I was thinking about Storm Heavy this weekend because I've been watching House of Dragons. Mm-hmm. And there's characters on there that have white hair, but they're black. But they got white hair. Oh. And so I was looking at the wife of uh, Aegon or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. and she was sitting there with her white hair and I was and her her brown skin, and I was just like, could she be Storm? And I would like I would like old girl from uh, Jurassic World or whatever to throw her hat in the ring and Storm. Oh, DeWanda Wise. Um, yes. I would love for her to be Storm, and um, I would love to see it. I'm just waiting on a good-ass, dark-skinned Storm. Yes. Like, no disrespect to, like... No disrespect to Halle Berry uh, and... Yeah. Um, uh, uh, why am I forgetting her name? Hold on. Alexandra Ship. Okay. No disrespect to them at all. At all. But, you know... We know why Halle Berry was Storm. Halle Berry was somebody with a name. Because she's Halle Berry. Yeah. But in the future. I would have preferred Angela, but. Oh, man. Angela Bassett is Storm. She is Storm. Yeah. She literally is Storm. (laughs) I would have preferred that. But, uh, yeah. But that would have been awkward, her being T'Challa's mom (laughs) later on. Later on. Yeah. Fast forward. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Nana P says, tattoos regarding three of you. Don't you guys want any more? Would Tony ever get one? Had he ever wanted one when he was younger? Do you have any that you regret? So these are questions for all of us. Um, I don't have any tattoos. Um, In college, I thought about getting one. Uh, I I put some serious thought into it. I was like, I think I'm going to do this. And then I was like, nah, I ain't going to do this. It's going to be a Wu-Tang W with my name in it and a B. And I was like, you know what? Nah, I ain't going to do it. 
and uh, never did it. And then when Serene passed, which is something I'm still on the fence about, I thought about getting a tattoo in honor of him. You know, us family members and friends were talking about getting the same tattoo. Um, so that's not off the table for me. Um, but I've been tattoo free for 45 years. So, you know, I just always thought, you know, before losing Serene, I just always thought I ain't, I ain't getting no tattoo. So now, you know, that's where I'm at. Lord, I uh, I regret one. I don't regret it. I'm just mad because the tattoo artist was nervous while he was tattooing me. Mm-hmm. And the reason I went to him is because he tattooed a friend of mine, like entire leg, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, I want, I want that. And so I went to get this um, sugar skull I have on my forearm. And he was so nervous and I'm like why are you nervous he's like because you have really good work mm. I'm like well yeah and you do really good work trash Ugh. this thing came out trash it's the it's probably the worst tattoo I have which on one me. is this one the sugar skull oh okay I yeah. hate it I want to I want to get I want to laser it off and my PMA tattoo I want to get that redone mm. um what's PMA mean positive mental attitude mm. um but besides that I have I have 26 and I only regret two. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's a good, that's that's an A. I don't even regret my first one. Oh, my, ta- I, I think my tattoos are good. Yeah. Like really good because I went to real artists that right. are like, they do art for a living, not right. just tattoos. Mm. And so it's like I collected, it's like collecting paintings that are on you forever by mm. big time artists. You right. know what I mean? But like in the tattoo realm, a lot of people just go to tattoo people who aren't truly artists and then over the time over time it it starts to look weird yeah some of my tattoos are 20 years old mm-hmm. like this this is 20 this right here is uh how old am I? 37 this is almost 20 years old wow. this is old a lot of these and they're still bright they look fresh they look vibrant vibrant mortimer moist mortimer is 21 years old damn there's an old man back here. But look how colorful he right. is. But that's because I went to artists who knew what ink, what lines, what needles, and stuff like that. If your artist isn't talking to you about um, needles, inks, and the proper lining and all that and what it's going to be uh, over time and the bleeding and stuff like that. And I don't mean blood. I mean the ink bleeding over time because ink does bleed over time and it spreads. Don't go to that artist and spend money on your tattoos. Spend money on your tattoos. <laughs> money well spent. It's for life, homie. It's literally for life. I get so sick when people hear like, oh, yeah, that's the minimum. The, a lot of good tattoo artists, their minimum is $200 an hour. And that's okay. That's okay. Because you're spending for good art. Mm-hmm. and it's on you forever and you guys are spending that on stupid things like clothing and fancy meals and things that last only a little bit until you lose it until you outgrow it until you don't wear it anymore until you give it away whatever but this is on you forever spend your money on tattoos if you're gonna get them that's my advice i worked in tattoo shops for years and that's what i always tell people no. And be realistic about what you want. Amir, you got a tattoo? 
No tattoos. That's it. Uh, to wrap this up, styling 1983, since we're talking about looks, what would your ideal features, what would be your ideal features you wish to have? For me personally, um, I would like to get rid of my underbite. Um, really, that's uh, <laughs> really... That's my main thing. Uh, I would like to get rid of the underbite. Um, everything else is just whatever. You know, I'm cool with um, I'm cool with my nose, my eyeballs, eyebrows, my skin tone, uh, dimples. Uh, I don't miss hair. Uh, it's really just the underbite. It's interesting that you stuck to your face and your head. Oh. I was just thinking looks. So I was just, well, I just went to face. Looks is all is overall like body. Oh, so body too? Let's say a style what she meant. You mean just face or body? Cause I feel like with my body, I can I can change that. I mean I can get my underbody fixed, but that, that takes an extreme uh level of surgery, orthodontic surgery, but I feel like I can change my body. Um I can just, you know, not eat the bullshit. Get my, get my shit together and get the six pack that I want as well within my uh, wheelhouse to do everything. Um, so everything, um, I would change. I don't like my love handles, so I don't like the the fat around my midsection. Um, so give me, give me a nice little, I don't want to be too shredded up to where it's just, too many abs going on. I don't want to be that shredded, but just like, like I said, like D'Angelo in, in the Voodoo album cover. And then, um, uh, I guess smoother skin on like my arms and stuff. Cause I'll be having like hair bumps on my arms and like on the side of my, uh, hips that are annoying. And my toenails aren't clear. That's kind of annoying. It's just like, you know, it'd be cool to have clear clear toenails that look like my fingernails. Uh, shit, other than that, I'm cool with everything else. Um, yeah, soft skin, son. Got the soft skin. I got I got a cool birthmark on my foot. Yeah, man. I'd um, hit. I wish I can grow a beard if I wanted to, like a full robust. Other than that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I wish uh, <laughs> I wish I didn't get patchy hair on my back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, other than that, that's man, so random. That ain't, yeah, it ain't nothing really major. Yeah, that's not really that. Yeah, that's serious. But the, but the, get the love handles up out of here and the little gut. I'm sick of it. And then, as far as the, your skin goes, uh, you should use the body scrub that I have because that helps with like ingrown hairs and stuff like that. And mm. Oh, my ingrown hairs. I ain't even talk about that. Oh, yeah, you be having that. The ingrown hairs. I'm sick of them shits. Tired of it. But yeah, other than that. But uh, at the end of the day, you fine, though. You know, appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate it. Uh, we got to get the hell up out of here. It's an hour and 15 minutes. We deep in here. Um, 
I got any announcements? I don't think I got any announcements right now. Uh, uh, don't forget to check out Gross Point Bake The Return. We are back with Gross Point Bake. A new episode is up right now on my YouTube page. Steven Seagal versus Jean-Claude Van Damme. Who's putting more butts in the seats? Um, also, uh, the movie reviews will be back to their original format. Stay tuned for those. Um, I will not be on the We Outside tour so if you if you still see me on posters and promo, I am not on the tour. I will be at the Houston Improv this month, October 27th through the 29th. Also working on new dates uh, for the rest of the year. I will be in Virginia Beach New Year's Eve weekend at the Funny Bone. Uh, I may be in Oxnard again. I might be in Buffalo. I might be in West Nyack. Um, those are the dates we're working on right now. So stay tuned for those. Uh, Patreon, uh, movie nights and stuff like that. You got a, a bunch of that coming up. Got a lot of movie nights coming up because I got some downtime in October. Mm-hmm. So movie nights are gearing back up. We're going to be watching some stuff. I want to finish Dahmer. I want to finish Abbott Elementary. Um, we got a lot of stuff to watch and I'll be home and, um, streaming, enjoying a lot. I'm streaming again. Uh, I started streaming, uh, COD. I just downloaded, uh, Friday the 13th, so that should be some good content. We got to watch Goonies together. Um, So if you're not a member of my Patreon, join up. Head to my Instagram. Click the link in my bio. Join my Patreon. It's a good time. The David Arnold thing was fantastic. I talked about that earlier, Tanya. Um, And uh, yeah, man, we got to get the hell up out of here because I still got to do Gross Point Bake. Also, just say Tony Baker on Twitch as well. So pull up on Tony Baker Comedy. Tony Baker Comedy on Twitch. Twitch. And Sabrina Sith underscore on Twitch because I just got my streaming set up. Yeah. And it'll be good to go by tomorrow. You about to change your life. Oh, man. I got a PC and everything. Let's go. Change your life, man. Anyway, y'all, we out.